Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? It's called WWAD. Ever heard of it? Well, we just hopefully invented it. <laughs> we need to trademark it. <laughs> Kelly, we're going to get you a job at the patent office. <laughs> That's all I want to do is just trademark everything. <laughs> WWAD. What would Azorians do? What would the Azorians do? What would they do? That's the question. It's not what Jesus would do anymore. <laughs> Although those are probably one and the same. I think Jesus has given up on on the world. He's like, you guys are in a shit storm on your own. Figure it out. So I don't even mean it from like a moral perspective. Like, no. what would the Azorians do? Like, how would they think about something or how would they do it? Like, purely from a physical resource perspective, <laughs> what would the Azorians do? That's my new mantra for, like, how to live my life and how to not be wasteful and how to be mm -hmm. mindful of the things that I'm purchasing and consuming and using and the way that I let the world around me influence what I'm doing. What would the Azorians do? Did they have this in the village? WWAD. Can we stop wearing bracelets on? <laughs> Remember the WWJD bracelets? Yeah, we're going to get those little rubber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, there's those are more like beads, right? I'm thinking the Livestrong bracelets, the, well, the yellow can, ones, but we can make it into like a Livestrong type of bracelet. This is our motto. <laughs> This is no, our but, thing. <laughs> but the Azorians would not have had silicone bracelets. No, so you're right. You're right. Goes against the motto. <laughs> <laughs> they would have do, no bracelets. We could do <laughs> hemp and beads made of clay from the earth. <laughs> They'd be like, that's a waste. Don't make a bracelet for it. Exactly. Exactly. See, we're already on track, thinking the right mm -hmm. way. So I'm just consuming all sorts of things that just make me upset but this latest one was a netflix it's a series i guess it's called broken and you know how they give you like buzzwords for like the genre mm -hmm, the buzzwords yeah. are controversial investigative docuseries <laughs> all three words i like <laughs> gotta have it right investigative controversial come on <laughs> social and cultural docs as the genre and it says this investigative docuseries shows how negligence and deceit in the production and marketing of popular consumer items can result in dire outcomes so it's all about like manufacturing shit and consuming that manufactured shit and it's like you kind of like you already know that this is going on, but actually seeing it take place in a documentary is just harrowing. It's hard to watch. It makes you just want to throw away like everything you own and never purchase anything ever again. Yeah, because you we know like when you're buying like certain like laundry detergents, makeup, food items, you're in the drive-through getting a cheeseburger kids meal. <laughs> Because that's what Kelly orders. <laughs> you're gonna get a plastic little toy in there. You get a little plastic toy. Like you know, you're getting crap at the end of the day. 
even the toy and even what you're eating, like what you're digesting is is crap. So it's like we know these things. <laughs> we do, but um somehow consuming them in a docuseries is far, far worse than knowing they, it. They break they do the research, they break it down for you, and you're just watching it and you're just like eyes wide open, like you're that emoji with that wide eyes, like holy crap, like this is what I'm putting into my body. So this particular first episode of this series, I guess it's like two seasons in. Maybe they're not making them anymore. I don't know. There's only four episodes in this <laughs> season. And this it says 2019. Too, so it was too controversial. <laughs> yeah. Freaking big, big pharma shut this down. <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. So the first episode was called Makeup Mayhem. And it was just going over influencer hype and scarcity marketing creating conditions where counterfeit makeup thrives Mm -hmm. and the counterfeit makeup has issues with bacteria, lead, arsenic, just toxins, just all kinds of shit, right? Just very unsanitary conditions that they're making the counterfeit products in, which is why they're so cheap. And yeah, that's their whole thing. Honestly. So, so this particular episode was focusing on like the counterfeit product Mm -hmm. market and how bad that was, but like, let's be fucking for real. Like, let's call a spade a spade, and the real makeup market is just as fucking bad, right? right? Yeah. They weren't really targeting that, but I mean... Where does one purchase a counterfeit makeup? Not at a store, right? You can't get it at, like, a Sephora or an Ulta, or can you? No, I think those stores are pretty safe bets, but it's a great question, because they, they showed in this episode, like... So physical locations, they were showing this particular place in Los Angeles. I think it was called Santi Alley. Okay. And it's just like vendors, like street vendors. Oh. Like they have a little banner up at the top. It says Santi Alley. And then there's both sides of the street lined with street vendors. And they would just have all these Kylie makeup and like all this like fancy. Oh, I, don't know. Wow. I don't do makeup, so I don't know how yeah, I can't come up with yeah. any fucking brands. <laughs> so kind of like a Canal Street in New York. Is like Canal Street. Is, is that where they sell the fake purses? The fake purses in Canal Street. <laughs> so I didn't know that there's like an LA base for makeup. So funny. They showed this one particular location and they were talking about like a bus that they had done there. They they go in undercover. They try to make a purchase. They test the products to make they have to confirm that they're counterfeit first. Okay. Yeah. And then they go in and make a bust. And the bust would be like warehouses full of fucking shit, right? You'd they'd bust like you'd have a whole warehouse of packaged up shit from their bust. Yeah, and then they'd go out like two days later, and the fucking people would be on the would streets. Be, it would be back there selling again. So like this unlimited supply, you can bust all you want, but the supply is gonna keep coming. That's kind of how the purse is. <laughs> it's like the same thing. <laughs> Oh, it was where so do they get these things? How do you even like who is in the market of of like selling the well? Like I know who's in the market. Like it's all obviously all about money at the end of the day. Everything comes down to money. But how does one make a counterfeit makeup? Like I don't. I I won't know where to start. Oh, they show you in the video. So like they oh, like- they have some like people go in like a journalist. A lot of it was sourced from China because that's where a lot of the production and manufacturing is done, even for the real makeup brands. So yeah. the counterfeit mm-hmm. ones will pop up sometimes right next to the real ones. 
and they'll just make it. I guess they have these like middlemen, which are like, like you'll go in and it looks like a mall. They were showing this in China. It looks like a mall with storefronts and they have product there, but they're not interested in really selling individual items. It's basically like you go in there and you're like, all right, I need 20,000 units of this. Oh, okay. How do I get 20,000 units of this? And then they'll call over to their little factory supply chain guy (laughs) down the street and then they start making 20,000 units for this person who just ordered them so it's like a weird like middleman situation where it's Mm -hmm. like set up like a store but it's not really like they're trying to sell like wholesale bulk products yeah okay so a little bit different I feel like with the purses because when you bring up China when we're in like we had our stop in China for when we went to Thailand a few years ago and we're walking around at a couple of restaurants and we were like at this like location um there was like a park but then whatever there was stores and whatnot like we were just kind of cruising and guys will like come up to you and like you know telling you like oh do you want a louis vuitton like like, do you want like louis vuitton purses but they like low-key kind of like whisper it to you like it's almost like they're not stopping you to talk to you they kind of just like kind of walking by and like whispering like oh leave a time bag so if there's like something you want okay like say oh so one of the girls that was with us they she bought like the dre uh the beat speaker stop (laughs) so she bought beat speaker so i guess i don't know the guy must have said something that interests her so you follow this man in china You're following this man and like he takes you to like a side alley. So we all did it because we're like, we're not going to let her go by herself. So you see you to this like side little alley off like freaking no no man's land. And then you're just like in this little store and then you go into like the back of that little store. <laughs> and like all the stuff's there. So she ended up buying like beat speaker, <laughs> like Dre's whatever, Dr. Dre's beats, whatever. Would it, and so pretty good beats was it like spelled like b-e-e-t-s right. <laughs> and then she bought yeezys right isn't that like kanye west's like sneakers she did buy those there too oh my gosh yeah i think she spent like most of her thailand money <laughs> before she got book. there but they just like so i feel like that's probably a little oh, different no. like they want to try to sell to like the tourists the foreigners yeah yeah because you're like oh i can get easy seekers for whatever but i guess with the makeup they want to get that bulk out oh my god so they're showing you this in the documentary and then they had one journalist was successful in getting them to tour the the quote-unquote factory where they were making the counterfeit cosmetics Mm -hmm. it was as easy as he literally went as if he were a person who wanted to manufacture like he went up to this woman in this little storefront and was like he had a real like chanel lipstick and he was like i want to make ones like this for cheaper for tw- i need twenty thousand units and like do you know someone who can make them for me and she was like yeah up on the fourth floor <laughs> and like he goes up My and he's, he's wearing like um a hidden camera and he goes up and you can it's oh, difficult footage it's not like clean as if you were making a a real like a t- documentary like, thing yeah right so it's like just hidden camera footage of these people and they they like it's in squalor like there is just there's like a little sink they got like beach buckets that are all filthy you wouldn't want, even want to take a shit in this place much less 
Oh have, my God. <laughs> have your makeup being produced there. And then they contrast it, of course, with a legitimate type of factory work where people, it looks like they're going into surgery. They're in scrubs and they have masks and they have hairnets and it's a nice, clean and bright facility. And you have all your manufacturing tools. Whereas like these guys got this one little machine to like, somehow they, I don't know where they got this little manufacturing machine and you got a bunch of people in there and you're just, I don't know if the buckets were for shit and I don't know what the fuck they were doing <laughs> with the buckets, but there was like beach pails that looked like they were dirty. Like just I wonder on if the it's table. Like the, I wonder if it's like the color of the, like each bucket is like a color of whatever of the palette of the or the lipstick that they're making. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But to make it counterfeit, you would have to have like some knowledge though, right? I mean, it. <sighs> so you have to imagine know. or think like that some of these people are maybe like by day they work. And I'm just making this part up. This right, wasn't in yes. the documentary, but I'm speculating. Maybe by day they work at the legitimate factory. And maybe and... like one day on their way home, they look. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to throw out this little lipstick maker machine and I brought it home with me instead. <laughs> and now in my apartment down the road, I'm going to make my own tubes of lipstick on the side with all my friends. Do you know what I'm trying right. to say? Like, yeah, I'm just imagining that that's how something like that would take place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking it's like le- legitimate chemists that are like doing the fake me out. <laughs> no, it does not seem <laughs> no, like no, that. No, no. I don't. I don't. It didn't look like that in this video, but even to spot like a fake like the printing is different and like just there's always like weird things that you can spot yeah that's what they used to say about the bags too i think like purses would be i think like with the letter like you would say like if you looked inside and i think the the lettering would be off or like the symbol might be a little off with the Mm -hmm. bags yeah yeah i think some guy got me for fake gucci sunglasses when i was in paris but we're not gonna go there <laughs> oh i'm sure like paris must have like an air like i feel like bigger a lot of bigger cities must have fake me out places i'm this is the first time i'm hearing about the one in la yeah my paris sunglasses were i was in i was in high school so forgive me <laughs> This just put me down, like, of course, the rabbit hole of, like, okay, first of all, cosmetics and just the toxic shit you put in them, they're not, they talk about it at the beginning of this episode, that they're not really regulated Mm -hmm. tightly at all. Like, there's, you could really fucking put pretty much anything, like, as long as you stay off of, like, okay, these are, like, the nine things that you can't put in there. If you stay off of that list, you can, whatever the fuck you want. You put this is there. regular makeup now too. Regular right? makeup brand. Real makeup, okay. Real like makeup real companies. makeup companies. You pretty much have free range to do whatever the fuck they want. So I was looking at that, and then I started going down like the the testing, mm-hmm. the testing on animals, and I was like, oh, Kelly's gonna have a heart attack when we start talking about this part. But <laughs> I can't. I try. I try my hardest to at least get the ones with the little bunny in the back. Cruelty free. Like, I try my hardest. Yes, I don't buy a whole lot of makeup either, but I try to get my cruelty free stuff. <laughs> Who knows if it truly is? I don't know. I saw that a bunch of brands that were previously cruelty free then wanted to start selling in China or to the China markets, and that for some reason to sell there you had to test on animals. Like it was a requirement. 
So oh, then they, like they're that. no, they lost their like cruelty free. I don't know. There's a couple of like big name brands on there. But to me, I was thinking about this and I was like, oh yeah, of course I like, I want to buy my makeup from a place that doesn't test on animals. But then like, I honestly prefer to just use things that don't need to be tested. Like, why do you feel like you need to test it? Like, what are you putting in there in the first place that Ex- needs to be tested for a reaction? <laughs> That's a solid point. Do you know exactly. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that you need to test it <laughs> on an animal, <laughs> there's a problem. Because then there was like, oh, there's all these alternatives to testing on animals. Like, oh, we've we've manufactured uh, fake human flesh in the this is a serious thing. They've manufactured like fake human flesh that behaves like real human flesh when tested on the makeup. And I'm like, the fact that it needs to be tested is like, what are you putting in there? Yeah, no, I no, I'm out. No, I'm, I'm not out. okay with that. I rarely, rarely, rarely use anything of any makeup, and I've been trying to kind of project that onto my daughter too. Like, I'll just be like, "Oh, like we don't need to. We don't care what we look like. It doesn't matter. It's not important." And I've done it so much now that, like, if I'm leaving the house and I'm trying to put on like something so fucking simple, like just like a a mascara, because like that's the extent of my makeup, <laughs> I will put a mascara on, and she goes. Mommy, you don't need to look beautiful. Why are you putting mascara on to go to like wherever we're going? And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, oh no, what did I cause? Created a monster. <laughs> so now she's like so far in that direction that I can't put on a mascara without without getting a lecture from her about how I don't need to look beautiful just to go to the store, mommy. Like, <laughs> oh. She's just keeping you. She's making sure you stay on point on track. So let me close out this makeup one before I go into this thing about body hair and shaving your armpits. <laughs> the end of the documentary, the police guy who had he he like frequents the Santee Alley location and just goes and checks by every once in a while. But they hadn't done some arrests. They had done mm-hmm. some cease and desist. They had done product seizures. Right. But then. He stops at the end of the documentary and there's this woman and she's standing at her booth with all her makeup and she still has all the counterfeit makeup there. And he comes along and she's like, oh, no, no, I'm not selling it. I'm not selling it. I'm not selling these anymore. And he's like, it's right here. I'm looking at it. And she's like, yeah, but I'm not selling those anymore. I didn't order anymore. It's just what's here. I bought it for two dollars. I'm going to sell it for two dollars. I'm just trying to get my money back. Like (laughs) (laughs) you're still selling them. And, and then she's like turning it on him and making it seem like he was the bad guy. She's like, she's like, you know, last time you came through here with that bust, you really hurt my makeup business. <laughs> business has been down. She goes, people don't want it. We have the products here, but people don't even want it anymore because since you came through with that bust. And I'm like, oh, my God. I wonder how much they make, though. Like people obviously know when they're buying it counterfeit. So they're taking a risk buying these things that they could have a reaction. Right. I mean, if you're getting your Kylie lip kit for two dollars off the street vendor, I mean, just consequences. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a little different than buying a fake me out purse. You know what I mean? Like right. you're not right. gonna die buying a fake me out purse. <laughs> right. Uh, they showed at one point he would just like looked the investigator the detective guy like looked at one section of makeup in this one little booth and he was like that's like 
sixty to eighty thousand dollars worth of makeup like sitting just right there. Dang. And I don't know if he was referring to like the count count like marked down counterfeit pricing or yeah. real pricing, but either way. Aside from that physical location, obviously with the times now, the counterfeit products are all online. Mm. Okay. That's what I was thinking more of when we were talking when you brought up the counterfeit makeup was like like if you're buying it, like where are you buying it online to Amazon? I mean <sighs> Amazon's third yeah. party sellers. Like they just pop open a shop, sell some shit. If it doesn't do well or they get reported, just fucking close it down, pop open up another one. Like Amazon, so, eBay, Poshmark, like all these places, it's all the marketplaces that they use to do that online. So I don't buy like a lot of my stuff on Amazon in those like in that sense. Like I don't do a lot of like makeup. I don't do like face stuff. But sometimes I want to because it's nice and convenient. But I'm too paranoid <laughs> because of that. But I feel like if I'm buying it specifically from the store, like, you know how it says, like, visit the, um, the origin store. This is my little body wash that I use. Visit that. I think it's safe because it's like the store on Amazon, right? But I don't know. So brands can set up their own storefront on Amazon. And a lot of times I'll do that. I'll go directly to that brand page and try to buy it from Same. there. Okay, so that's so that kind of feels like it's legitimate. <laughs> yeah. I think who knows, but <laughs> this third but, party stuff, no, right? And they were saying like obviously like Amazon's whole business model is they get a percentage of every sale they make. So if they limited it just to brands being able to sell there, they would lose half their money, half their revenue. Right. So it'd be a bad business model. Oh, it's brutal! It's brutal. Like I watched this episode it was like an hour long thing and i was just you just get more and more depressed as the time goes on because you're like oh my god the volume of stuff like they were showing the shipping containers entering the ports in california and i'm like the volume of junk i need to watch this is just indescribable is every episode like a different topic yeah okay but all kind of along that same vein okay consumer behavior and marketing and consumption of manufactured goods, that kind of shit. I went down this rabbit hole thinking of like, okay, like it started to piss me off of like why we even have a beauty industry with makeup and all this shit. And like, obviously people have been using makeup for since the beginning of civilization, the earliest civilizations (laughs) were like painting their faces, but not, not in a feminine way, the way we are today. But I went down that rabbit hole and started to just get upset at the things like shaving and how (laughs) shaving and body hair, like, oh, like the fact that if you go and like read about perspiration and Mm -hmm. like underarm perspiration, like the body hair that's there naturally is it's meant to have like moisture wicking properties oh like, so we need it there it's supposed to have like moisture wicking properties to help like cool you down and help like disperse and not have the bacteria that causes the odor and all this shit right and <laughs> no wonder my pits always smell <laughs> so so then you get into like okay when did we start shaving our armpits and why and Americans, so there's a mm-hmm. whole 
Wikipedia article on history of removal of leg and underarm hair in the United States, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> and obviously it was all immigrants, people who immigrated from somewhere else at the start of America, right? And they weren't bringing the removal of body hair yeah. from, from their cultures. So it wasn't an American thing until we decided we we're going to like make it an American thing. Basically, companies, so manufacturers started making razors for men to shave their beards as the little at-home safety razor was made by Gillette. And then they were just like, you know, we only have 50% of the market share here. We need to get into the female market share. It's all about money, always. <laughs> and they manufactured the need. So at that point, women didn't need to shave their armpit hair for any reason. So they were just growing it out the way men do. Mm. And they were like, okay, so we're going to manufacture the problem for them. We're going to create a problem for women. And then we're going to market them the solution as these razors. And they basically just went into all of the magazines that were becoming the printing press was starting to come out and they had all these magazines and they were just like we're going to market to women and we're going to tell them that their hair is quote these are the words that they used objectionable unwelcome embarrassing unsightly unclean oh my god specifically to women only if women had this hair these were the things that they would use to say about it and its removal so once you remove the hair it indicated a person who had quote charm quote the last touch of feminine loveliness was modest dainty and perfectly groomed the practice was for refined women and women of fashion oh f you <laughs> doesn't that isn't that so upsetting that sounds awful yes yes oh. So I know I know I've gone on the the body hair rant before, but it just I always end up there and it makes me so upset. <laughs> I'm like a dainty, delicate flower, regardless if I have a little bit of armpit stub. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Like there shows like an ad. This was in the 1920s, early 1900s, oh, wow. I guess. Okay. And so they use like the change in dress, like the change, the way that fashion was changing to be like shorter dresses and sleeveless dresses and that sort of thing as like the reason. And so like this particular advertisement has a picture of a woman and she's got her arm up in the air and she's got like a, a sleeveless situation going on. And it says summer dress and modern dancing combined to make necessary the removal of objectionable hair. <laughs> and then it's <laughs> and it's an advertisement. And the fact that it was only objectionable if it was on a woman, like, yeah, is so annoying. Men have it just as long, just as gross. <laughs> I know. And when they put their deodorant on and they have like the clumps that are, like stuck in their hair, <laughs> like, that's objectionable. Okay. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> just to go into like the leg hair part of it, too, I guess with the shorter dresses that they wore in like the 1920s and whatever so women would wear stockings and they would wear like like a black legging or something and then they they came out with like the nude leggings mm -hmm. the nylons basically like a nude nylon that they would wear i guess the war like in 1940 for world war ii they had to stop production of nylons 
I don't know. They need the manufacturing <laughs> facilities for other things or the men were at war. I don't know. They had to stop production. And then women used to paint. They used to use like liquid stockings and they would paint or apply decals leg makeup basically to simulate the seam of a stocking oh. atop of their shaved legs. So they would shave their legs and then they would put like makeup to make it look like a nylon seam that's insane that's absurd that's too much work and then the war production board also limited cosmetic manufacturing including leg makeup (laughs) and then the norm to remove leg hair just became the norm in the 1940s because of the war (laughs) oh my (laughs) fuck (laughs) I don't understand. It's always us. It's us poor women. <laughs> These women are putting our painted makeup on their legs. Okay, so I was super depressed at the end of the documentary. But then, you know, as far as like, where do you go from here? How do you fix it? Like, you just like feel so helpless in the grand scheme of things. And the documentary yeah. at the end of this particular episode, it said the only way that you have the power to stop it is with your dollar, the consumer dollar and stop fucking spending it on these products. Mm -hmm. So if you stop buying them, they will be no demand and they will stop making them because they're not going to be making any money off of it. Just ignore the marketing that is clearly targeting us in some unhealthy fucking ways and just not spend your dollars on it. Counterfeit or legit or not. Definitely not count of it. Don't spend your money on that. <laughs> it's not worth it. But even legitimate. WWAD. No, <laughs> the Azorians have makeup and deodorant and raises. They did not. <laughs> I need, though, a little bit of a pentuda on my face. <laughs> Our girl is trying to date. So I do have to try. I still have to try. I have to put effort. <laughs> So you gotta give me a pass. Yeah. Just a little bit. But I don't buy a lot of makeup. Okay? Yeah. I don't buy a lot. I'm not the fancy schmancy, like, I don't know how to contour. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. The Azorians weren't contouring their faces. <laughs> no, I was thinking about it. I was like, what did they use, like, for deodorant? Like, they didn't have a deodorant. Right? Like, my dad was <sighs> running around there. Like, there was no... Where was he putting no, his deodorant probably... stick? Like, they didn't even have a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, no, they probably just, like, bathe outside in the tub, like, you know, pouring water on them. Yeah. You a bowl with a pitcher. I'm going to think, like, And maybe even... a cloth. What about, like, sabon? There's no sabon, right? They must have had soap to, like, wash the... They had soap to wash the, the clothes, right? Yeah, like, so they would that's... wash it on the little... Yeah, you're right, you're right. You're, like, the washing yeah. board. So they probably would just do a little of that. And that's it. If you smell the rest of the day, you smell the rest of the day. Because they definitely didn't have, no. I don't think they had deodorant. I don't. I, I, I certainly don't. Like, I've seen the house that my dad grew up in. <laughs> I love that we're just assuming, though, these things. I'm basing it strictly off of my dad's house in his little village. There was no place to put deodorant in that house. <laughs> no, there wasn't, like, a little shelf that he could put a deodorant no. He didn't have like Axe no. body spray? No. 
<laughs> I would laugh if your father listened to this and he's going to be like, well, so I had deodorant as a kid. No, he did not. He did not. I'm going to die. He's going to be like, of course we did. We all each had our own deodorant. I and I'm gonna say, where did you put it? I want to see where which one was your deodorant stand over here because there's one piece of furniture in here and it was a bed with filled with corn. Okay, <laughs> oh, could they like rub the husk in their armpit? <laughs> Do you know the corn? I don't know, have antimicrobial properties. <laughs> what do the Indorians do? WWAD. <laughs> All right, so I'm sure there were people living in the Cidad that had better amenities. They were probably yeah. they probably had some deodorant, but it did not make it to coup de Judas. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna hang up and we're gonna go ask them these questions and we're gonna po- post what they respond with. All right, you guys, we're wrapping up for today. Thanks for joining us again, as always. Yes, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>